Welcome to the University Star NFL Podcast. We still don't have a great name yet, so that's going to be our name for now. We're, we're, I promise next week we'll have a, a legit kind of lit uh, name for this podcast. But we're here, senior sports reporter Matt Gervitz, sports reporter Thomas Mejia, new to the podcast, new to the staff. Uh, we're talking about week two mostly, but we want to give a brief week one recap. And I want to talk about it because I, I had a good experience for week one. How or where? Or what was your week one viewing experience? We'll start with Matt. I didn't go anywhere special. I just got to watch it at a friend's place. But they had Red Zone on, and God, I love Red Zone. Every single game, back-to-back, no commercials. I like the DJ there. I forget his name. I guess you call that a DJ. I don't know what to call that position. But I really love that show. He keeps me up to date. And I even went to go get free birds for like five minutes, and I was having anxiety on the way there because I just was missing something. I know something was happening. Saw my phone, Johnny Manziel's coming in the game. I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? I gotta get back home. Oh yeah, what about you, Thomas? Uh, uh, same as you, Matt. You know, uh, I just got together with my sister, watched a Texans game. Sadly, we're gonna talk about that. Uh, <laughs> and, Clutch uh, City, not much. Hey, not the we'll case. Get that. We'll get to that later, we'll get to that later. <laughs> You know, I uh, went back to my uh, residential hall and watched uh, Sunday Night Football there. And, yeah, what about you, Kiesel? Uh, I had we I went out to some buddies from my fantasy league, uh, the five of us, and we went to Buffalo Wild Wings to, like, cover, watch all the games. We were there from noon to 4.30. We watched all the 3 o'clock noon games, half of the first. It's a lot of fun, like Red Zone, just adrenaline rush. There's, like, tw- 10 TVs on with 10 different games. You're looking at Andrew Luck doing this. You're looking at the Jags being terrible here. You're looking at the Texans being very terrible on another TV. A lot of action, a lot of football. I can't do that every week because I'm a college student. I don't have the money to shell out for that much. But it's really fun to watch football in that kind of environment with all these fans. I had my Redskins jersey on, you know, watching the team. It was very, very fun to be a part of that. And I'm going to do that a couple times during the year because the NFL is life. It's like a religion, and I practice that religion pretty vehemently throughout the year. Any takeaways? We don't want to talk about week one too much, but we're going to talk about it too. Any takeaways from week one that you saw were pretty relevant, especially heading into week two? Well, I guess anyone could take this one. Well, the Rams came out and beat the defending NFC champions. That's got to be pretty impressive. It went to OT. Seattle finally gave Marshawn Lynch that run that everyone think they should have did, and the Rams blew it up and then won the game after that. Also, the Lions coming back, or the Lions blowing a lead to the Chargers. They had a big lead, and all of a sudden, Matt Stafford just disappeared. He, he does that every now and then, and that's why he's just not in that elite status. And even San Diego, you got to San Diego credit, too. They won 23 to 7 in the second half, and they look like they could be a possible playoff team in the AFC. Uh, my biggest takeaway has to be Carlos Hyde outplaying Adrian Peterson on Monday Night Football. You 162 yards, I think, total or rushing. It's, mm. uh, did you see that spin, that spin move? I, I didn't watch that game. I oh, was I was still working. I was still in the move, office, it, but I saw the stats. And that, that's an Ohio State spin move. Like he channeled his. Um, oh, I'm forgetting the guy's name already because I'm terrible. Braxton with Miller. Braxton Miller, mm-hmm. right there. Press B on the Madden. Just get that spin. <laughs> that's what I do. And Adrian Peterson, first gate coming back from all the. We'll just leave that there. <laughs> And he outplayed Adrian Peterson. That's that was a rusty Adrian Peterson, but nonetheless, completely outplayed him. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest takeaway, kind of on that front, the Niners may not be one game. They may lose the rest of their games. I don't know. 
they may not be as terrible as we talked about in the podcast last week. And even the Redskins lost 17-10. to 10. That's my favorite team. I'll talk about them a little bit. But they had a lead for three quarters. They outplayed them offensively for much of the game. Kirk Cousins, Jordan Reed, Alfred Morris were doing the thing. They, they weren't as bad as I anticipated, and I thought it was a win in itself that they were close to beating the Dolphins, who I think is going to be a good team. So that was a couple takeaways. Um, but we'll start with the uh, Dallas football Cowboys here. Some big news. Des Bryant, broken bone in his foot out anywhere from four to six weeks but honestly that seems like a very aggressive timetable it might be week nine i've seen week 12 anywhere from that range it's a huge range what's the impact of this des bryant injury on this cowboys offense who barely squeaked out a game against the the giants and well uh kisum you not only lose your playmaker you lose the heart and soul of that team because he really brings all the guys together uh he's he's a captain no doubt and that's a really big loss for that team. Uh, I also saw a stat that Akeem Nix, back in 2012, he had the same injury, and he didn't come back to week 12. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a big impact for the team. They got guys like Terrence Williams, who's going to have to really step up in his absence. I do see Jason Witten and Tony Romo getting that connection again. Witten's stats have been kind of down over the last couple of years. But if you got Witten on your fantasy team, I'd be happy about that. That is me. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's also interesting. They went and traded for Bryce Butler instead of signing Akeem Nix or Nick Toon out of all those guys that came out. But Butler is an interesting prospect from Oakland. He didn't really play too much there, but whenever he played, he had some big plays. He's a 6'3 receiver who's got some speed. He was in his third year in the NFL. That could be a sneaky trade for the Cowboys. For me, I, I, the takeaway I, I don't know is maybe it's a more reliance on the run. I don't know. I mean, Dallas, obviously, the offensive line is really, really successful. But just Joseph Randall had 16 carries for 65 yards against the Giants. McFadden had six for 16. Dunbar didn't get any carries, actually, which I was surprised about. But he got eight receptions for 70 yards. That seems to be the running back by committee, and they're going where maybe they up that running game to compensate for Dez. Uh, Cole Beasley may be a good PPR weapon. I mean, I'm talking about fantasy, but Cole Beasley <laughs> could be, like, a good weapon there as a slot receiver kind of thing. Jason Winton, as you said, Terrence Williams. I don't know the impact, but I think it's I, – I, I don't wonder how it will change everything against the Eagles because Des Bryant is a freak of nature, like total freak of nature. I don't know. I, it, it's pretty immeasurable, really. And it came at a bad time, especially after that just gut-wrenching win against the Giants that I, we don't want to talk about too much because that was a dumb dumb across the board, one of the dumbest losses you ever see. But that Des thing was a huge thing other than that win. Mm-hmm. Even Randy Gregory and Ronald Leary getting injured in that game. It wasn't a clean slate for the Cowboys, but they did come out with a win. Romo didn't choke like a lot of people thought he probably would do. <laughs> he doesn't choke. He leads to the most fourth-quarter comeback since 08. I know, like he, it's crazy. That's a misconception. Yeah. Come on, guys. So Stop crazy. the Tony Romo hate. It's ridiculous. Went 11 for 12 to end the game on his last two drives, two touchdowns, both to Jason Witten. Can't go wrong it's there. It's going to be a next couple I think they'll be fine, but it just you can't replace Dez, and I think Tony exactly. Romo said that. He said that himself. Um, we'll switch to the Houston Texans, another Texas team. We'll be talking about them consistently throughout – First off, their defense, at least in the first half, was not as good as advertised at all. At all. I don't know. I guess, Thomas, you can start with this because this is your (laughs) hometown Houston Texans clutch shitty right here. This was a wake-up call. This was a wake-up call because, as you said, you know, we shut them down second half. We uh, stopped uh, Travis uh, Kelsey. Kelsey. 
In the second half, yeah. Yes, and um, I think what got to them, I think hard knocks had an effect on them because this this was a team that wasn't national, nationally known. And, you know, once the cameras were on them, you know, the spotlight was on them, basically. And, you know, the whole nation saw this defense. You know, you have J.J. Watt. You have Vin Big Vince in the center, no tackle. You got Clowney coming back from injury. You got uh, Kareem Jackson, who signed an extension. You also have Jonathan Joseph, who signed an extension. You have Raheem Moore, you know. David Johnson, the rookie, too. Mm -hmm. I'm not David Johnson. Uh, Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson, rookie. Uh, he had a pretty good preseason. And, you know, on hard knocks, you see this defense on paper, like they're saying, on paper it looks good. But as Mr. J.J. Watt says, we don't play on paper. They don't play on paper, and uh, 27 points at halftime. Exactly. Kansas City scored on five of their first eight possessions in the half. Travis Kelsey on one of the t two touchdowns wasn't even guarded down the middle. Um, and this is a Kansas City team that doesn't air the ball out very much and doesn't stretch the field vertically. They made Alex Smith look like a Super Bowl quarterback. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. That's it for was, sure. It was just one of those games. Travis Kelsey had six receptions, 106 yards. Uh, Alex Smith had 243 passing yards, three mm -hmm. touchdowns. And the big stat, I think, too, Kansas City had the ball for 35 minutes in that game. They basically had the ball much of the game that I was watching. Another stat, how many turnovers did Kansas City have? They, they had some miscues there, and they did let the game. It was interesting. that The like, game almost got away from them the in Texas the second half. The Texas defense led the league in turnovers last year. Turnover margin, too. Exactly. Yeah. I do so, like them going to Ryan Mallon instead of Brian Hoyer. I don't really understand. I'm glad you brought how, that up. I don't really see how Brian Hoyer beat out Ryan Mallett. Everybody wanted Mallett. They know Mallett has a higher upside. He's got the big arm. He's got the big size. They wanted a game manager, I guess, with Brian Hoyer, but I like that they finally did that. Cause I thought it was a little soon, though. I don't know. Week one, I, you, if, you watch, if you watch <laughs> Hard Knocks, crazy. if you watch Hard Knocks, he talked. He sat down with Hoyer and Mallett in the same room, and he was talking about how like Mallett's, uh, Hoyer's a starter, but he doesn't have a short leash per se, but just got to be ready. Got to be ready for your moment. And I thought this would come later in the season, if at all, and it came in week two. Um, I think Hoyer outplayed him in the preseason. I think that's why. I think Mallett yeah. didn't really earn the job at all. Mm -hmm. I think he just won it by attrition against yeah, this true. team. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that makes them better. But I don't. This could be maybe another change. Hoyer back at week eight. We don't. Yeah. We don't know. This is mm -hmm. a very fluid situation that, as a Texas fan, I don't think you can be really happy with. I think they just need to look towards the draft for their future quarterback. Mm -hmm. And you have a defense, and Aaron Foster coming back, maybe that'll change their woes. But Mallett did come in 8 for 13, 98 yards, a touchdown, way better than Hoyer, who completed less than half. And then First pass of the game. Yeah, just not. Yeah, it, was, not. it wasn't pretty. It was a pretty outing, outing for him. Speaking of bad quarterbacks, at least week one, Peyton Manning. That's weird to say. It's a weird sentence to say coming from Hoyer. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> Peyton Manning against the Denver, uh, Denver Ravens, the – Baltimore Ravens, they won the game, but Tay Manning wasn't very good. Is is this the end? Is this the last year? What what's going on with this guy? It's it's really sad to say, but it's probably getting close to the farewell for Peyton Manning. I'm not gonna say this year, but possibly next year. I think he's gonna play as long as he can until he breaks Brett Favre's career yardage record. He's 134 yards away from 70,000 yards. That was before this game started, and that'll be. He'd be the second player to do that since Brett Favre. And it's sad to say that they got to really rely on that run game. It's not even his offense anymore. It's all Gary Kubiak with the play actions. It's He's had a great career. Peyton, you can't go wrong it's with He's one of my favorite career. players ever, and I just hate to see it end like this. I 
hate it. Mm-hmm. I, I have to uh, I have to agree, Keesum and uh, Matt. You know, uh, I saw Payne Manning live at a Texans game back in I think it was 2009. We we're winning by two touchdowns, and second half I just see Payne Magic, you know, coming back. And you know, it was from that moment on I was like, man, I have to give this dude a lot of respect because what he does on the field is just it's unbelievable. And to see him perform like this, it's you know, I can't, I can't believe it. Actually, kind of sad right now. Um, he's, you know, he's crying if you're yeah. not watching. The tears are <laughs> flowing down his face. It's because, getting, it's, it's getting you know, emotional up in here. We'll get you a tissue. We'll, we'll get some interns <laughs> over here. Because when Peyton Manning retires, you know, it's, it's a childhood. Childhood. Yeah, it's the, know, it's the end of an childhood. era. Like, I grew up watching him, and now he's going to be leaving soon. It's like the same way I feel about Tim Duncan, Kobe, that entire generation of athletes. But he was not good against the Ravens by any stretch of however you slice it. He was 24 or 40 for 175 passing yards, 4.4 yards per attempt. That's that's not Peyton Manning numbers. You're looking at 8 to 9 for Peyton. He had no touchdowns. He had an interception. His QBR was 26 on the 100 scale, which is really, mm-hmm. really bad. And it affected the running game. Anderson and Hillman only got 70 yards and 24 carries. Most of that was in the second half. Affected the wideouts. He threw a lot to Sanders, threw a lot to DT, but they weren't able – first off, they weren't very deep passes because he seems to be throwing ducks everywhere. And they just were incomplete, just inconsistent, inefficient performance for Peyton Manning. Um, I don't know if that's going to continue. I'm not going to say he's done, but I don't really have a lot of faith in this Broncos offense. And as we're, uh, as we're taping this Thursday night, he did just throw an interception pick six uh, against the Chiefs, 55 yards to Marcus Peters. Wow. They're down 44 – I mean 44 – 14-0. They still haven't scored. The thing I'll say before we go to another topic, they didn't have a single red zone snap until three minutes left in the fourth quarter. In two games, they still have not scored an offensive touchdown. And there's only a short list of players of teams that have done that, the Jags being one of them, the Vikings being another. Not a lot of teams are in this boat. It's two games. The ship probably will be right, but hey, Manny, um, I don't know. Did you say Marcus Peters got that pick? Marcus Peters got that's that pick. That's two pick six in a row for start his NFL career. Yeah, that's, that's really good. 55 yards. I didn't see the play, but I can't. I don't know. It's good, rough. Good first-round pick for the Chiefs. Another guy, Andrew Luck. We think the heir to Peyton Manning's throne, you know, kind of kind of deal. Didn't do as – he didn't do awful, but he just didn't do very well against a very good Bills defense. I was watching the game. Out, Tyrod Taylor completely outplayed him. Mm-hmm. Ty, Ty, Tyrod, as they were calling him, T-Mobile – in the game. Oh, was, I like that name. He was out running <laughs> all over the place. They kind of don't have a lot of tape on him. I always see these guys come out of nowhere, and they're like, oh, we don't know what to do. Then they get five, six games of tape on him, pick up his tendencies. So I think he'll have a good start, hit a wall, and then we'll see how he can respond to that. Mm-hmm. That defense, though, is no joke. Yeah, for sure. It's just elite. I think that might be a better defense than the Texans have, and that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to the Colts offense, yeah, this was not a – this wasn't – this was – if you're a Texans fan, you should be happy because this offense did not produce at all. You know, you, you get Frank Gore, you get Andre Johnson via free agency. You think those are your answers, but Frank Gore doesn't do anything. Andre Johnson dropped a touchdown in the two-point conversion. He looks slow. He couldn't separate. I, he's on my fantasy team, I, so I'm really <laughs> frustrated. Yeah, and Andrew Luck, who's an MVP candidate, you know, he doesn't uh, he doesn't perform. So, Texans fans, we have hope. We have hope, Texans fans. The Colts will get back on track, though. I still see the Colts running away with that division. It was just one game. 
and I still see the Colts having a really good offensive I year. think this is a different scenario than the Broncos. I'm more positive about it because, A, they scored an offensive touchdown. B, Andrew Luck is young and on the right side of his career. Pay Manning's on the wrong side. And I just think they'll write the shit. Frank Gore will play better. The interesting thing, T.Y. Hilton, they did get injured to Bruce Knee. It seemed like he'd be out longer, but apparently he might be back. It's a game-time decision against Monday night against the Jets. Another good secondary. Another tough test for the, for the Colts, honestly. So we might not be able to see how good they can be until week three and down the line. But I'm not too worried about it. The thing that I was surprised about, you had Luck struggling. You had Peyton struggling. You had Hoyer not struggling because we expected it because he's Brian Hoyer. Marcus Mariota, who I wasn't high on last week. If you listened, I think he was going to be a bust. I was saying all these things, and he just completely blew my mind with how he played Sunday uh, against the Bucks. Well, you are kind of dissing him being a college system quarterback. Well, the offense he is in, he's in now is a college system type of offense. They really remade that whole offense. Credit to him. them. Got to give credit to Ken, Ken Wisenhunt. He's a great offensive coach. And, yeah, 13 of 19, 209 yards, so efficient, four touchdowns. Didn't really get any big runs on his stats, but he still has that potential every game. They scored three touchdowns in eight minutes. They put up 21, and then there were still seven minutes left in the first quarter. Yeah, for Marcus Mariota, being a rookie, it's all about getting rid of that ball. You don't, have, you don't want to spend too much time in that pocket or else bad things will happen. You will get roughed up, especially with Mariota. He's not a, you know, your typical – quarterback he's he's pretty scrawny you know he doesn't have a lot of meat on him and um I think the Titans are there there's something because that offense did look upbeat now we'll talk about that offense and that team in general um but he had four touchdowns in the first half 96 QBR which is almost perfect that's Mm -hmm. especially for a rookie in your first game that is bar none one of the best rookie performance you'll see he was AFC player of the week too like Marcus Mariota was dominant conversely my guy, my boy, Jameis Winston, was garbage, and I think calling him garbage would be a compliment to how bad Jameis Winston was. He was 16 of 33, 210 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. His first career, career pass was a pick six the other way, 6.7 QBR. He was, he's god-awful right there. Sorry like for the person. He was trying to, <laughs> was trying to force it in the tight windows all game. That worked in college. It's a little faster now. He'll get used to it, though. He might have a rough – rough rookie season though Mike Evans was out too and that he's going to be a big part to that offense he should be back this week he said today that his hamstring is 100 percent yeah that's a that was a big uh, weapon Jameis was uh missing Mike Evans and uh Doug Martin who was you know supposedly gonna have breakout season he didn't do much either he only had like 52 yards of rushing I, I, I think Doug, I think Doug Martin sucks <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the muscle hamster? Mm-hmm. I, there's no muscle in that guy. He's just a <laughs> hamster that runs into stuff. And, like, <laughs> he needs to be picked up a lot. I think he's garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm not too high on Jameis Winston. There's one stat in college. He had 18 interceptions. I don't know how that was overlooked. But he he makes too many mistakes. Like, he just throws the ball, hope it's catch, and it's intercepted. I'm still riding that Jameis Winston train. It's me and the conductor. The conductor's probably going to leave in a little bit, but I'm still going to be on that train for the rest of the year. It's a process. It's a process. Mariota, I think, will fall down to earth. He can't be this good. I still don't have faith in him. I'm still going to go to my deathbed saying Jameis is better, and I'm not going to change it after one week. Um, a lot of things happen in week one. We want to talk about forever. Like We'll start off positively. Who was the most impressive team in week one? And it was a little bit surprising in a way for, for what they did. 
I got, I'm so impressed with the Rams. They were in Russell Wilson's face all night. They did give up 31 points to the, to Seattle, but still. Also, Nick Foles threw zero interceptions against the Legion of Boom. That's got to be impressive for his first start. The Rams are training up right now. Todd Gurley could be his, could be back as soon as this week. Still doubtful that he, it's. I, don't, I heard it today that he might be probable. But if he plays, he won't get a lot of playing time. But when he's back healthy, that offense could be pretty legit. I got to go with the Bills. The Buffalo Bills is my most uh, impressive team. You're talking about a team that's going up against the Indianapolis Colts, a Super Bowl pick that mostly everyone has across the boards. And <laughs> and you're starting a quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, who was, wasn't even in the picture to start training camp. It was between – Matt Castle and EJ Manuel, and out of nowhere, this third-string quarterback just takes the job. And you know the defense is elite. You know LaShawn McCoy. Well, he did have he does have ham, hamstring injury, so you didn't know how well he was going to be. You do have Rex Ryan, and they imp- they showed the nation what this def- what this team is made out of by shutting out the Colts. At, w- at one point, it was 24-0 in the third quarter. Like, a lot of people don't know that, and that's really impressive from the Bills. I think the AFC East is going to be pretty interesting this year. It's going to be a lot difficult that more – even the Jets got a game. I think that's going to be top to bottom a solid <laughs> division. I wouldn't be surprised if they won 10 games and got a wild card. I don't think they win a division, but I think they're a playoff team in the making if they if Tyrod Taylor is team mobile and not like team mobile when there's no reception. I, if, if you know what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. That joke didn't get in as much as it deserved, but we'll move <laughs> on. Uh, impressive – I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. I don't like Mariota, but 42-14 over the Bucks has merit to it. Mariota was good. Even Bishop Sankey was impressive, which I was very surprised at. Kendall Wright got 100 yards. Across the board, this team was good. I don't know if it could be as good as that week, but they were impressive nonetheless. Disappointing teams, who you got? Man, when you have the ball on the two-yard line, the defense has got no timeouts. You're up by three. And you blow that game to the Dallas Cowboys on the road, you got to be disappointed in the New York Giants. That is a rough way to lose your first game. It's, you know it's never good when you go into the press conference and your coach saying he's to blame and the quarterback saying he's to blame. They're just picking who to blame for the reason you guys lost. The Giants gift-wrapped that game for the Cowboys, and that's just got to be so disappointing to a Giants fan base that thought they had a pretty good team this year. But now, once again, doubt is in their mind. Uh, with my pick, I'm, stick, I'm sticking with the Buffalo area. I'm going uh, – the Colts are were very disappointing. You know, like I said, you know, they brought in Frank Gore. They brought in Andre Johnson. You know, Frank Gore to fix the running game because during Andrew Luck's years in Indy, they've never have a running back. I don't think they still don't because from what we saw, Frank Gore, you know, he didn't put up anything. Uh, T.Y.'s hurt, you know, uh, he cooked. Game time decision this week, you know, so you never know. They brought in Trent Cole on the defensive end, but the defense obviously didn't hold their own against Buffalo. And like I said, this is the Super Bowl pick that a lot of people are saying. Don't know why, but I, they I say don't, it. I don't agree at all. You um, know, you know, so this was, yeah, this was a pretty bad outing for the Colts. Uh, disappointing is the def- if you look in the dictionary, the Minnesota Vikings are in disappointing for many years, and I think they're very, very disappointing week one. Lost to a Niners team, which was pretty much consensus going to be really bad. They didn't score a point, and it was just a field goal until the fourth quarter. I thought this offense with Bridgewater, AP, Charles Johnson, Mike Wallace, Kyle Rudolph, I thought the defense, I thought they were – I have them in the playoffs. That's what I said last week, and I'm still sticking with it, but 
this was a bad performance on the road against a Niners team, not expected to win a lot of games. I don't know. It just I'm very disappointed with them. Maybe they're right to ship against the Lions. Um, week two matchups, there's a lot of good ones this week, some divisional ones. Which one in particular are you putting your eyes on and like looking at? I really like New England Buffalo this week. Buffalo, who Thomas says is a Super Bowl contender, if they want to prove that, they got a shot this week playing New England, coming into town. We know how much Rex Ryan and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady all get along. And the Buffalo Bills, we know they can talk the talk, but can they walk the walk? I like their defense. Tyrod Taylor, we'll see. Uh, it's weird. Sammy Watkins had zero targets last week. It's so Buffalo's got some interesting stats yeah. on their offense. LaShawn McCoy's got the hurt hamstring, but he's questionable to play. It'll be a really good game. It'll be probably the biggest game in Rex Ryan's career, definitely in Buffalo. The line is even, so Vegas is saying it's a toss-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my game is uh, Seattle at Green Bay. You have your uh, NFC. Obvious pick. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You have your NFC uh, rematch. And um, it's interesting because, you know, you're at Green Bay, not at Seattle. Uh, Green Bay doesn't have Jordan Nelson. They don't um, – Eddie Lacy's healthy. I think he was banged up. A little bit, yeah. A little bit Randall banged Cobb, up. Um, Devontae Adams. Seattle's defense, Cam Chancellor's still holding out. You know, so that's a big hit. Uh, Seattle, they have Jimmy Graham. So Russell Wilson has a little has a little toy he can play with. <laughs> and uh, that's going to be a very good game. 0-1, oh 0-2 oh if they lose. Seahawks are looking mm-hmm. at a big it's hole a we'll talk big about game. later. Mm-hmm. My game that I'm looking at, Cowboys-Eagles, you have – 1-0 Cowboys, 0-1 Eagles lost at the very end. Both came down to the wire, those games. Divisional matchup, probably the two best teams in the division in Philly. That's a big game, week two, for the whole NFC East. DeMarco Murray coming back to play the Cowboys, too. DeMarco Murray, obviously, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun, too, when he returns to Dallas, but this one's in Philly. Bold prediction as we wrap up the show. Give me one bold prediction. Let's make it kind of bold, maybe whatever, about, about week two. Um, I'm going to say Marcus Mariota starts his NFL career 2-0. He's playing the Browns this week, so it's not the biggest bold prediction. But I do think Mariota will have another impressive game. Does he have four touchdowns? Bold. Let's go. <laughs> um, I'm going to say three and one rushing, okay. so four overall. Wow. Eight and two games is ridiculous. That would be very good, yes. Uh, mine isn't as bold since uh, Keeslam did say the line is even, but I do got <laughs> the Bills taking down the Patriots. You know, at Buffalo, where the games are always tight, even with Ryan Fitzpatrick at, at quarterback that one year. And uh, I'll say Tyrod uh, Taylor throws, I'll say, three touchdowns. And Brady gets pick six twice. Twice, wow. wow. If the Bills start their season with two home victories over the Colts and Patriots, that's that's the best way you can start a season in the AFC that you ever could script. They might start building a Rex Ryan statue. They might. They now. might punch yeah, their Super Bowl tickets again and lose for, for the fifth it'll, time. It'll be, it's a very big statement game. <laughs> yeah. My bold prediction is the 49ers will upset the Steelers on the road. Um, I don't know why I saw the Steelers. They were fine. They weren't bad. I just mm-hmm. maybe I'm just trying to be bold for the sake of being bold. I think Carlos Hyde runs for 2,000 yards in this game. I think he sets records. No, wow. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but he, he, I think he'll be fine. I mean, I don't really actually have faith in this if I had to pick, but I'm going to go bold. I think the 49ers start 2-0 and and put the Steelers in a 2-0, 0-2 hole. And that's going to be interesting. Um, but that's our show for today. For Matt Gervitz, for Thomas Mejia, I'm Keith Ramirez. Peace out.